0: the Secure Podcast. This is Mike Matrenga coming to you from the ASAP Security Studio in Houston, Texas. Today we have Mike Montsev, president and owner of ASAP Security, and Andrew Callis, uh, a member of our M6 Global Defense Team. Um, how are y'all today? What do y'all want to talk about? What are we looking at, guys? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I think that
1: we, um, what we've kind of missed is we haven't talked about the uh, new legislation that's Okay. Been brought out about the um, everyone wanting a well. I'm sorry, not wanting. <laughs> yeah, let's backtrack. <laughs> not wanting <laughs> required to have a armed security. Well, armed security personnel. Right. On each campus. Right. Across the state. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who uh, may not be in Texas, um, the Texas legislation, the 88th legislation, just. Uh, Passed a, a law that states that every school district uh, and every campus, to include elementary campuses, must have an armed law enforcement officer or a, an armed uh, certified and licensed security officer on that campus. There are some exceptions uh, that uh, school districts can write in and, and receive an, uh, an obs- a, um, uh, exception. But um, you know the reality is is that uh, just like teacher shortages in in the state of Texas and throughout the nation, there is a shortage of uh, you know qualified law enforcement and uh, armed security as well. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, so I just you know was looking up some of the stats. There's roughly a little less than eighty thousand total uh, licensed police officers in the state of Texas, and we've got. 10,000 campuses, uh-huh. right? So if we pull, let's say, let's just say that half of them are on, sh- on shift, right? Uh-huh. Given 24 hour duty cycle, right? So that's 40,000 officers, and we just pulled 10,000 of them off the streets, right? Um, we already don't have enough police to, to serve the communities that are out there right now. Right. You know, many departments talking about how. They, they need uh, to double the size of their police force. Um, and now we've taken, now we're in competition with the cities who need this, and this affects mm. response time. This affects um, how quickly are we able to, to get a report done? How quickly are we able to respond to something? And now we're having even <clears throat> less officers because now we're taking them off the street, we're putting them into schools.
0: I mean, what do you think this is? I mean, I understand the intentions behind it. Um, Well, maybe I do, maybe I don't, because I have my own opinions, and they're solely my opinions on why I think this became law. Uh, But, you know, do you think that at the highest levels, when these decisions are made or when these bills are proposed, that they take into consideration the current climate uh, within the state of Texas or throughout the nation um, in regards to law enforcement? you know the the demands of law enforcement regarding manpower uh, or lack of manpower. Uh, I mean, you put it pretty simple. Just then, with your math, it's it's going to be impossible to fulfill all those needs. So, you know, part of the law states that you can use a licensed law, or I'm sorry, a licensed um, security officer in lieu of a law enforcement officer. They're in the um, same the same boat, though. Right. They're in the same boat. Um, we also know that there are some very good well-trained security officer companies uh, that provide manpower but we also know that uh, there are a lot of them that are not Um, and so you know what what do you think the outcomes gonna be?
1: Well I I think the thing about it is is we talk about the numbers game with with officers I know that um, when you go to different private events you're gonna see an officer there Mm -hmm. when you go to um, Festivals, you see officers there. Those are, those are officers that would normally be on duty, but they, they need those extra duty jobs in order to make ends meet. Uh-huh. And so what happens is that they're less prone to do overtime with their city, their county, whatever their municipality is, and they choose to go to those private jobs because that's where they get their bread and butter from. Right. That's, you know, they get their vacation money, they, they get all of those things from there, but they get their health insurance and their um, stability and their pension from their regular job and then you want to take them away from that and put them in schools. We are, um, the numbers just don't
0: add up. Well, I, th- I think that, that one of the bigger issues that the, you know, legislation or legislators, uh, the legislative efforts has not considered is uh, the quality of an officer. Um, you know, being an administrator for so many years and an education for 25 years, the culture and climate of a campus is very unique. You can't pull an officer from the streets, you know, work in patrol, put that individual in a campus environment and think that they're going to just adapt to that. It's very, very different. And um, I think that it's a very, a not very well thought out plan. Um, I don't think that people that, that um, have created this legislation Have thought those things through, or if they have, they're only listening to one side and one perspective from a law enforcement officer because let's be honest, it's going to generate a heck of a lot of extra jobs. It's going to put money in the hands of a lot of officers. And we're not trying to take money away from any officer. Let's be abundantly clear. Not at all. They don't get paid, just like teachers, they They don't don't get get paid paid enough as it is. But I already know officers that work, they'll work an eight hour shift. At their nine to five Hell as a sworn law enforcement officer they 'll go direct to their you know their extra job, mm-hmm. work through the night, go right back without any sleep or with minimal sleep. Uh, this is sometimes a a a very cyclical problem that we see within law enforcement in regards to extra jobs you know for example, we have a client that we use right now we did a vulnerability assessment or we have a client that we uh... has employed our services we did a vulnerability assessment one of the vulnerabilities was hey listen yes you have armed law enforcement officers on campus they're not consistently the same people if they're not consistently the same people they don't understand your culture your climate your campus needs they don't understand and they have no knowledge of your emergency action plans or your emergency response they have no means to communicate so are they just a hired gun that's sitting there waiting for something to happen? Or are they participating in the events and building those relationships on campuses?
2: Well, I think the elephant in the room, you talked about it, is that uh, you know, they, they work all these hours, then they go and work an extra job. And sometimes they work a whole other extra job, mm-hmm. go back to their actual office, mm-hmm. take a shower, and change and yes. get ready and start the day where they didn't necessarily get sleep. So as more of these extra jobs become available, the uh, potential for having people working these extra jobs at these schools during the daytime, with little to no sleep, means that something's going to give. You can only do that cycle for so long. The human body is going to give up, and at mm-hmm. some point, you're going to find them asleep in a car mm-hmm. out in the parking lot. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's what's really going to happen. Then, then, if something bad happens. You have an officer who may be you know, is, you know a qualified shooter and, and can make great decisions, do all those other things. But he may not have had the sleep and the rest right. that he needed and now you have a potential shooting situation in a school where you have to take into account backstop and <coughs> where is this bullet going and where are these going and be able to handle that judgment and be able to do those things. <clears throat> Potentially with little to no sleep. Well, let, let's take away.
0: Evan.
1: Yeah, we just think about that for a second. You said something that really stuck with me because some of these districts, they don't have designated people on those campuses. Yeah. And if you're just rolling people in and out, there's no buy-in. Right. And so we we can uh, we can talk about them going over there and them getting that extra check, but it, but if you're putting them in a school and they're just going in that school to get that extra check they're not building any relationships he talked about them coming right off of their regular shift and going there and, and vice versa you're not gonna get that buy-in yeah and, and you officers. and
0: I are on the same we're on the same wavelength because that's exactly where I was going is that they're just a body Yeah, data and research has shown that the effectiveness of a school resource officer a school security officer is in the relationships and in the buy-in that they get not only from the students but from the staff and from the parents uh, so that leads me to the next question to you both, whoever wants to answer it, is do you feel like an armed law enforcement officer on a campus is, is or can be a false sense of security for parents in some scenarios?
1: I think that some parents just want to see it. Right. Now, um, they, are, they are necessary, but they're not the total solution. Right. You know, you think about, okay, I have an officer on campus. Well, that officer is on campus to deal with police matters. That officer is not on campus to be an additional administrator. That officer is not on on a campus to be that person that's educating your child or your students. Because you have to think about it. I want you to think about this scenario. You have an officer on campus, and I've been on a campus where an officer um, felt like they were an additional administrator. And I think that that's the, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to frame it. I, I, I think that that just makes a, oof.
0: So. <laughs> I'll say it. I mean, we're, we're honest, we're open. The we whole, talk about things that no one else wants to talk about on this podcast. The
1: situation is that makes that officer so ineffective to where they can't recover. Right. When you're working in a situation where you get caught up in what you feel is right, you're trying to push your initiative instead of playing your yep. role, you're a problem. Well, and I, you pull away from what needs to
0: happen. And I think that the argument um, on both sides, right, um, you know, I, I supervised uh, 19, 19 officers. And I'm, um, seeing,
1: and I'm seeing one right Right now, <laughs> I just I just looked and I was like, you know what? You just you're taken away from, you're taken away from the 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 progress that we've made in this situation. Only made it worse because you've inserted yourself somewhere where it wasn't your role.
0: Right, and, and I will be completely honest. I I initially did that as well. You know that. Oh yeah, um, definitely. We have had
1: some I, times like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've inserted myself in places where it wasn't my business the role of that sro is to establish relationships establish communication to be that trusted individual that that these kids can go to it, it it's it's beyond just on the campus level it's to establish good relations between parents students and law enforcement inside of the school and outside of the school on the other hand A lot of times what we see in the space is SROs being used by some school districts when they have their own law enforcement uh, police department. Instead of contracting out, that that school district, because they're their own ISD, they're utilizing those officers as a disciplinarian, Mm -hmm. as that secondary administrator. And like you said, it's counterproductive to to the initial reason why they're there in the first place.
1: And it's not always on, at the fault of the officer. There, there are administrators who, who uh, lack backbone. There are administrators who feel like they have that, they have to have that presence to, to feel like they can manage the situation properly. If you're an administrator and you can't manage the situation on your own without an armed person there with you, you need to go back in the classroom. You need to make sure that you are, you are taking care of the things that you need to do first to educate those students and to, and to structure your classroom environment before you can put yourself in a situation to be a leader in a building because you're an instructional leader and your job is to make sure those students are safe throughout the day.